What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, I promise. Hey, Joe. Jason here. Just want to say enjoyed your last episode. As far as Mastar goes, I don't think they were tapping into science at all. I think that what they were looking at is a lot of pulp writers used to have the Lost World and things like Hollow Earth in their writings. That was pretty much a staple of pulp fiction. So I think that's where they got that from. But yeah, Mastar is a great world. There's all, The known world is great. All kinds of depth there, all kinds of wonderful things. So I'm glad to hear you talking about that. Um, I'm sad that you got the name of my show wrong, but you know, for a long time, you're the only one that got it right. So I guess you deserve to get it wrong every now and then. Um, and with that, I think I will let you go. So I'll talk to you later. You made me go back and listen to my own show, dude. That's something I don't do. <laughs> yes, god damn it, I did. I was like, I did not call Jason's show the wrong name. No way did I do that. Went back, listened, boom. Nerds RPG Variety Hour. Son of a bitch. <laughs> my bad, dude. My friggin' bad. But I did talk about how D&D how all the sci-fi authors and pulp authors were right and what I meant to say was that like D&D was inspired by the authors obviously I didn't mean to suggest that it was inspired by the science because that science didn't really even exist back in the early 70s it was just starting to get out there Graham Hancock was messing around a little bit back then and some of those other fellas, but it wasn't big and it was, certainly wasn't considered science in the 70s. So, yeah, I was I was meaning to say that D&D was inspired by those sci-fi and pulp authors who projected all of this stuff, and those authors are turning out to be right. Not that they were basing their stuff on science, but they're ending up being, a lot of it being right, which is, I think, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man. But anyway, dude, thanks for the call. Uh, let's get into let's get into some calls from Rob C, huh? Let's get down in a heap. Hey, Joe, it's Rob from Down in a Heap. It's really cool to hear you talking about the known world and the Stara. Um, you know, I can't remember when it actually changed names to Mastara. I think it was after the Gazetteers started coming out, and it was just referred to as the known world when it was nothing more than a map and you know, a little paragraph about each country in the X1 Isle of Dread module. But they're really cool. I especially like the Principalities of Glantry and you know, the first one that came out, Karamikos. I like that too a lot, but cool that you're getting into it. And this will not stand, man. This aggression will not stand. Go get them. Go kill that dragon. It's got to take revenge for Puck. That reminds me, though, um, so is this how you usually play? Like, if there's a partial TPK, you guys start out at the same level? You make new characters that level? Or is this kind of a unique thing that you're in the middle of this adventure path and want you all want to continue with it, so you're, you know, just, yeah, making characters that level to continue on with that adventure path? I ask because in the games that I play with, with my group and stuff, we almost always require the the player that's died to 
just start over at first level, which may seem kind of harsh, but keep in mind, we never really get beyond fifth level either. So it's not like you have some huge disparity uh, between the character levels. It's usually something like you've got a smattering of characters that are third or second level, and then, you know, someone dies, well, they're first level, and you catch up so quick uh, because you're getting a share of the experience points from a high-level party, and uh, so, oh yeah, the trick is just survive, and you're going to advance really quickly and catch up. See ya. And that aggression did not stand, man, but I will talk more about that later. Um yeah, dude, I am just absolutely loving Mastara. I, I did a little research uh, before I started recording this based on your question. And I think you're right. From what I could see, I think Mastara first started getting used in the Gazetteers, at least officially. Uh, but it was really hard to find any of that sort of specific information. I did, however, see... A bunch of stuff tying Mastara to the Forgotten Realms? Is that a thing that Watsi did? Did they pull Mastara into the Forgotten Realms? That kind of bums me out, man, because I don't know. I just think the Forgotten Realms is a little it's a little vanilla. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like it that much. And Mastara is it's like Neapolitan. It's chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. It's crazy. It has goddamn jungle dwelling samurai cats that live on a secret moon it has a sentient spell casting tyrannosaurus rex that created a world inside of another world it's fucking bonkers they're dog dudes they're jackal-headed dudes holy crap i love it i love 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 everything i've seen about it so far and yeah just yeah there are very, very few times, 99%, 99 99.9% of the time, my vision doesn't bother me. I'm so used to it. I know how to adapt to it. It's cool. I can do everything I want to do and life is gravy. However, sometimes when I stumble across something awesome, it bums me out a bit because I would love to be able to sit down with these gazetteers and just flip through them and look at the maps and read the books. And yeah, they might be on PDF, probably not. And if they are, it's probably just like images of texts, which screen readers don't read. And plus the maps, it you know, whatever. <laughs> that shit normally doesn't bother me. But every now and then it's just like, boom, boom, a little gut punch. But yeah, you know who else got a gut punch? Was that motherfucking dragon? That motherfucking white dragon? But before I get into that, yeah, Rob, so we do, in this campaign, so uh, this is an adventure path, and so, so far, whenever I've died, we cut, because I've died the most, this was my... It's only my second character that I've lost, but don't let anyone fool you that modern games aren't deadly. Pathfinder is super deadly. Yeah, at a higher level, is even at lower level, but at a higher level, it's really, really deadly. Um, but yeah, so we just start at 
the lowest XP level for whatever level the party is at. So you'll be behind a little bit in XP, but at the same level. And it just, otherwise, it would be impossible. Like, you couldn't bring a third level character or a first level character back into where we are now and expect it to survive at all. Though it might be sort of fun. <laughs> but probably not. And yeah, it's also, um, it's the DM's first time ever running an adventure or running a game even. So she's still getting a feel for how she wants to run and what her style is. And it's been just a really cool experience. I've never actually been a part of somebody's first time running and, you know, to come in running a huge adventure path like this, it's, it's impressive. It's really impressive. The amount of work she's done, like it's fantastic. So yeah, that's what we do. You know, who knows if, that's how it'll go. When I run games, I usually do that. Um, I mean, because personally, I like the higher, like the mid-tier level play. I've, You know, the first couple levels are fun, but you can't really throw interesting monsters at them. I mean, yeah, you can, and TPK them all the time, which, you know, whatever. But I like... <laughs> I like the monsters, you know, I like using fun monsters and the really fun ones are higher level. So that's why I like, you know, probably like fifth through where I'm at right now, like 13th, 15th is like, that's my sweet spot. Those 10 levels, that's my juice. But speaking of where I'm at right now, let's. Let's talk about last night's session. But before that, I got one thing to say. <laughs> that is right. Alistair Bronze Barrow is a goddamn sorcerer supreme. Doctor Strange can kiss my ass. Dumbledore can suck it. Gandalf, get out of here. It don't matter. Alistair, goddamn, Bronze Barrow. I don't love the name, but it's what I went with. Anyway, holy crap, it was super fun. We fought an ancient white dragon in front of a really tall staircase that led into a skull mouth cave, which was dope. And so... We walk up there, and before before we got to the fight, like I said I do, I, I, I stopped the party, and I was like, we're casting a bunch of buffs. Oh, but speaking of the party, we were short a member. <laughs> we were short a goddamn person uh, to fight this ancient white dragon. So the guy who was playing the cleric, who was going to be playing a barbarian now, or some sort of martial character, uh, he couldn't make it. And so it was just Alistair Bronze Barrow, the Sorcerer, Jericho Wildfire, the Cleric of Serenray, uh, Fire and Healing, baby, and then Dash the Rogue up against a bronze or a white dragon, an ancient white dragon. And so the DM was like, okay, I'm going to use one of the, you know, canon 
Pathfinder um, NPCs. They have basically Pathfinder has like famous NPCs from every level and for like every class. So she broke out Valeros. He is a fighter. <laughs> he was a little under level. We're all 13th level. Valeros was 12th level. And also Valeros wasn't built by me because <laughs> I said it in my discord. I, I'm not one for bragging. I'm usually pretty self-deprecating, but I am fucking good at building Pathfinder one and first edition characters. <laughs> I, I am. Holy crap. It was awesome. I even forgot a couple things, but so yeah, Valeros was sucky. He couldn't do anything. Uh, the rogue didn't do anything. He turned invisible a couple times and I think the dragon tried to attack him. So he absorbed an attack. So that was something. And I guess Valeros got attacked by the dragon a couple times before he died. <laughs> we'll get back to that. But so I guess they did do something. They absorbed potential damage. Uh, but it was basically just Alistair and Jericho two on one versus an ancient white dragon. It was on like friggin' Donkey Kong, man. Alistair's hucking lightning bolts. Jericho's throwing fireballs. It the dragon's blowing cold ice breath all over us. Uh, Jericho had cast protection from energy against on us before the fight, so we could absorb 120 points each of cold damage without taking any damage ourselves. So that was awesome, uh, and it was just an epic fight with. Alistair casting a ton of spells modified with metamagic feats, a bunch of like intensified, maximized, piercing, shocking grasps, which basically just lets me slap someone in the face and deal electricity damage. But all those metamagic feats change it up a little bit so I can deal more damage. And if they if the monster has spell resistance, it lowers their spell resistance so it was fucking a huge magical battle. Everyone's flying. The GM was like, you all have five speeds now because I cast fly on everybody else. And Alistair's got wings so he can just fly. And I was like, yep, game's changed. <laughs> but she rolled right with the punches. It was dope. Um, and yeah, towards the end, she's like, okay, the dragon, the dragon's getting out of here. It flies away. It double moves. And uh alistair and jericho just look at each other we're like how far away is it she's like oh it's really far we're like how far it's like it's like 400 feet away and both of us like yeah okay i th i throw a lightning bolt i throw a fireball because they both have super long ranges kill it <laughs> no fucking remorse no mercy no escape uh just blew that dragon out of the sky as it was trying to escape and it was no, let me correct that. It would have been one of the most epic moments in my D&D &D life. But, but goddamn fucking online play. The GM lost her connection as soon as I cast the last spell. So we didn't know 
if we had killed it right away. Her internet was gone for probably like five minutes or so, ten minutes maybe, before she was able to at least type in the chat, oh, you killed the dragon. <laughs> and it was awesome. It's still one of the coolest moments in my gaming life. Basically two-on-one-ing an ancient white dragon and winning in style. Uh, but it was marred by online play. If we were at the table, that never would have happened. Erg, give me my shot, God damn it! I want my shots. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. But Alistair was awesome. We didn't play for very long. We started a little bit later. Plus, we were down a person, so we didn't want to get that far into it. But that's basically... What we did, we fought a couple Earth Elementals, no big deal, sent Valeros home because he was worthless. And um, yeah, that was pretty much the session. And so next week, we're actually playing on Monday instead of Wednesday. So there'll be another show pretty soon to talk about what happens next time. Because then we're really going to start digging into this place. This is, you know... We're in book five of six. We got to, this has got to be towards the end of five, too. You know, we're in a place called, well, we're going to a place called Runeforge. Um, and yeah, we're getting to the end of this thing and we're going to finish it. We really are going to do it. And I, I am just impressed and excited that I'm a part of this, like I already said. So. That's it, because I'm starting to repeat myself. Until next time, folks, which will probably be sooner than later, I hope you all stay safe, happy, healthy. I love you, and peace out. And as a quick little addendum, in going back to listen to my last episode, I realized shit is out of order. So that was pretty cool. Maybe I should listen to my episodes more often. Peace out.